In a world where standing six feet apart is recommended, Podcasticon rose from the ashes in January of 2021 for the first audio-only pop culture convention. Well, fear not. This summer, Retrofied Magazine and Podcasticon present Blockbuster, a one-day-only convention where guests and podcast hosts come together to talk about the movies and experiences that we all love. There will be panels about blockbuster movies and even a parade. Follow at PodcastCon on Instagram and Twitter and subscribe to PodcastCon on all podcasting platforms. Retrofied Magazine and PodcastCon present Blockbuster on July 3rd, 2021. The one-day audio-only pop culture convention to end all one-day audio-only pop culture conventions. Welcome to the TB Toy Cast, where Travis and Brian talk all things toys from the past, the present, and the future. Ugh, that's all we need, another podcast where a bunch of nerds talk about toys. Enjoy the show! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time once again for the TB Toy Cast. My name is Brian, and joining me on this adventure down the toy aisle is my good friend Travis. Travis, how's it going today, man? Going great. Uh, a little deja vu going on. Little round two. Uh, <laughs> little round two action. Yeah, yeah. We kind of had. Yeah, a, we had a we had a, a false start. Let's say. There you go. We we had a we had a uh, we had a, a draw in, in round one, so no, yeah. no winners. But we uh, uh, we're here on round two. But no, I, I'm excited. We've uh, got a great episode ahead. Uh, a great toy line with Superpower Series One. Uh, we've got super iconic newses. toy line. Yeah. So, ooh, there you go. Uh, so we've got some news. I know last week we were a little light on news and some good toy hunts, and we've got couple different uh, topics to, to talk about, and uh, I, I'm excited. We, we've got a, a jam-packed episode this week. Yeah, man, and uh, you already mentioned it, but DC Superpowers, very iconic, um, a toy line I know you were very excited about. I had a feeling when I gave you the options, I was like, I think this may be where he goes, and uh, sure enough, it was, and I'm excited for it, man. I think the cool thing about all these different main event choices is we were going to have the good, the bad and the ugly for sure. But man, we're really getting some good ones off the ground. And, um, and I think, you know, if, if it's your first time listening or if you're kind of picking and choosing, I recommend checking out some of the toy lines. Maybe you're not familiar with, because I think something like battle trolls or maybe even American gladiators, if you're not familiar with it, you could really, you could really dig what we're talking about. Oh yeah. I, uh, in my, uh, weekly purchases or figure hunting, we'll, uh, we're going to fall down that rabbit hole. I've made my yes. first official podcast purchase. So, oh man, stay t- stay tuned. I'm excited for that. Well, um, obviously, we already mentioned the main event, but before we dive into anything else, I decided I want to kind of throw in a new segment here, kind of in the beginning. I want to call it the icebreaker. And what it's going to be is we're going to alternate back and forth, where I'm just going to throw at you a random question about figures collecting whatever it might be and just kind of get your off the cuff answer and then of course next week you can uh, you can do the same and here's my question i've asked a lot of people this one in fact i may have even asked you this off the air 
And that is, have you ever adjusted your lifestyle to make room for collecting? And, and what I mean by that is it's no secret that I love, you know, energy drinks and things like that. If anyone knows anything about an energy drink, they're about two bucks a piece. They're not the cheapest thing in the world. You know, I remember at times thinking like, you know, if I didn't drink energy drinks every single day, that would, that would put an extra 14 bucks in my pocket. My coffee, my, my work has free coffee. Hmm. You know, (laughs) that, that's what I mean by that, because I think sometimes, you know, and it's the same with drinking a soft drink at a restaurant or maybe ordering a more expensive meal when you're like, I could have ordered something a little bit cheaper. I think sometimes as collectors, and it also probably depends on what's coming out or what we think is coming out, um, on, and what we're able to, what we can and will spend our money on. So that's my question. Have you ever done anything like that to kind of adjust your lifestyle to make a little bit more room for collecting? Uh, yes. Uh, pre, pre, well, the, the biggest one was, was having children that sure. definitely, you know, that definitely, uh, rearranged the funds. So that, that cut back a little bit, never got completely out, you know, bought stuff here and there, but it, it definitely, um, I used to be a completist. Uh, That's so hard just, to do too. It was. So like I would see a line and I would want to buy all of it because I, I, that was just the new line. Um, and so having kids, I started being more pick and choose. Um, Oh, you know, like, uh, when I got back into elites, it's because I found, uh, the elite 16 CM Punk that, uh, with the Chicago white shirt and the, the blue trunks, it was his, you know, the, the pipe box was shirt, it, right? I mean, I mean, yeah. it, it wasn't, but yeah, that's kind of the, it represented the money, that era. The, yeah. That's the, was it money in the bank? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. So, and I went, you know what? Like, I can just get this CM Punk because it's an awesome figure and not have to buy all the other ones. Um, so children was a first one. Um, but I do more redistributing funds and, um, I try to, and what I mean by that is like right now I'm buying less comics, physical comics, um, because I subscribe to Marvel unlimited. So right now I just, get uh, my Spider-Man comics and a couple, you know, one-offs here and there. Like there's a new X-Men book that takes place in the eighties and nineties and, uh, you know, a, a cover here or a cover there. Like they're, they're, they're doing a beast wars right now. Um, and the Batman animated series. So like I'm only buying at most eight to 10 comics a month. Um, but, but comics, that, much like figures, are very easy to get wrapped up into. Oh yeah. So, like, what I'm buying less comic wise because I, you know, same thing with comics when I wasn't buying as many action figures. Like when you know, I'll use Civil War, uh, Secret Invasion. Like when those big events were happening, comic wise, I would buy all the tie-ins. I go, you know, Wednesday is new comic day. Jason Wolf knows that. He talks about that. You know, Wednesday was new new comic day. So I'd go into my shop and get my pull list and, you know, there'd be civil war one, but then there was captain America 287, amazing Spider-Man this, like 
all the little ancillary, you know, you didn't need to read them to understand Civil War, but... Like, There's maybe the like Spider-Man. a page or two that ties in. Is that right, if I remember that correctly? Because I know yeah. um, around Civil War, I was recollecting a, a little bit. And this was actually right before I started wrestling. It was like 2006. Does that sound right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, mid, well, early 2000s, the, the aughts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I was actually um, – I had a job where I worked relatively close, like 10 minutes away from a comic book shop. And so comics I've always kind of fallen in and out of, you know, and um, I started going there on Wednesdays on my lunch break and kind of, you know, there was a little, like a subway down the street. So I'd kind of eat a subway and go look at the comics and, you know, kind of, you kind of dip your toe in. So it's like, I'll, I'll buy like four or five comics. That's no big deal. Yep. And then the guy's like, Hey, um, he saw me a couple times. He's like, I'm going to pull this for you going. I was like, Oh really? And I'm like, Hmm. Okay. So now you got to think, okay, well, what do I want, want him to pull? He's like, you know, the Civil War is about to happen. I was like, oh, okay. He's like, you want me to pull the Civil War books? And I'm thinking, like, sure. I didn't realize that he meant all the tie-ins. And so I'm getting, like, you know, Agents of Atlas and (laughs) oh yeah, all those that I didn't really know anything about. But then what happened was I got, like, Agents of Atlas. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should collect this. And, of course, we know that's not a book that's going to last a real long time. So what ends up happening, I feel like, with comics, it gets overwhelming and then you just kind of have to stop almost. Yes. And that's why I've gone to Marvel Unlimited because uh, Marvel Unlimited, as of now, as time of recording, and it may change, um, they will release their books uh, three months after they come out, and which is perfect for me. Because normally when I buy something, it stacks up to where I've got three or four issues to read. Sure. And I'm already three, four months behind. So while I still love collecting, uh, I collect my Spider-Man comics because I've got a whole bunch of Spidey books. And But as a, as a fan, I'm able to read them on my iPad. Um, and also because of that, I redistribute my comic fund into my action figures. And uh, also with my job, I, I do a lot of uh, traveling, a lot of uh, windshield time, driving, you know, going city to city. And um, so I will try to not eat out as much because, like you said, you know, with your energy drink, um, you know, if I go out in the morning and it's like, oh, man, I need a – I need a Coke and a breakfast sandwich. And six then I six or seven bucks, right? Yep. And then I'm out working until one or two, and it's like, oh, man, that Chick-fil-A, you know, spicy chicken sandwich is looking mighty fine right now. So then I go. Eight or nine sometimes. bucks, you know. Yep. And so I, I, I do better on that now to where it's like I'll, I'll pack my lunch to where – you know, because, you know, there are days that I have bought, you know, I filled up my gas tank and walked in and, you know, I may discuss somebody, but we have speedways with really good gas station food and breakfast burritos and all kinds of stuff. Or it may be as simple as getting my gas, getting a Mountain Dew and getting a candy bar because I need that extra pick me up in the morning. And, you know, that's that's four bucks. So oh, yeah. I, tr- I try to 
cut that back because, you know, there's WWE Mo2, there's Mo2, there's Elites, you know, there's the a basic every once in a while on top of, you know, maybe that random pop that I find or AEW or, you know, I just bought a, a T-shirt this week that I, you know, it it, it all gets redistributed but i it's definitely a i'm gonna move from from this fund over to to this fund but yes i've definitely definitely you know looked at my spending patterns and habits compared to like you know what i used to do so yeah yeah, I think it's always that that thing of when you're it's usually like you readjust when there's something you know you want. And uh and you know like I'll 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 go ahead and say it here. I was going to talk about it when we did our our figure hunting, but I I I came across some WWE Ultimate figures of Edge and Macho Man. And I'd kind of told myself I want both of those. Those are really cool. But I saw them at Target last night. And, they, of course, they have that $30 price tag, which I'm not a fan of. And, you know, I'll be honest. I'm hoping to find Major Blood. I don't know if I will. Probably not. But that's what I'm hoping for. So it's kind of a thing where I'm like, ah, do I want to spend this now and then maybe run into him two days from now? And, you know, it's, now it's like instead of spending, you know, 20 bucks, I've spent 60 bucks on those. Plus, I want to spend 20 right. here, so that's 80 you know what I mean? And it's and it's also one of those things, too. If I find three major bloods, I'm not going to scalp them. But I'm going to hit people that I know may want it. You know what I mean? So right. You'd be able to help out. You yeah. Know, sometimes you have to. Collectors, things like that. Yeah. You just have to kind of be careful on the funds and make, make those decisions. But um, as we, uh, the as we worst, go into the. Uh, the worst thing about it. Real quick. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. The, the worst thing about budgeting is eBay. Oh well, this oh, doesn't yeah. end for for seven days. That's going to be on my next check. So let's see where this goes within the next six days. So then you're already oh, yeah. like, oh well, that that went higher than what I wanted, or oh man, that you know that should have went for thirty, and I got it for eighteen. Like that that's another thing where you know, oh crap, like you, you, you're spending your money almost before, yeah. You're hey, you're spending because... it before you get it, right? Well, and then also too, like this is a huge factor with a lot of these figures. You don't know how long they'll be there, so it's not like you can just. Well, I'll I'll get that next week. It's probably gone, so you may have missed out, and that's that hard decision. Sometimes we all have to make. It's true, you know, because we don't know. There's been times where, you know, I uh, I'll see something on Monday. And I'll go back Tuesday because I, you know, I I've hit a lot of the same WalMarts at, at different times, and you know it's gone. Like there, oh, the yeah. Marvel Legend line was gone, other than the Frogmen, like, right? On this last, and it's just like, wow, yeah. okay. So, and then there, there there's been times where I've seen something two, three, four times, so then I'm not worried, and then all of a sudden it's gone. It's like, oh, okay, you know, so. It does. It does happen. It does change for sure. But uh, to kind of roll into our next segment, um, we we got to talk about what's making us excited, man. What a 
Travis, what are you seeing right now that's kind of got you a little bit excited? So I've got a handful of things that, that I'm, I'm kind of excited about. Um, there are, uh, they've announced the 2021, uh, PowerCon exclusives. Um, and we were actually going to talk about these last week, but we, we kind of, we kind of glossed over it, didn't we? We did, uh, because we talked about it, but then once we, we got into our conversation, like we do, uh, we kind of overlooked it, but that, you know, as of time recording, they're, they're getting ready to start taking pre-orders. And so it's still, still relevant. Sure. Um, the, the first one is there is a four pack of figures that you get. It's Hordak. Uh, with blue arms, uh, so he he looks like his cartoon with the or the animated uh, with the arm cannon, Grizzlor, which is flocked, and then you get a red and black horde trooper. Uh, the second one is a faker with a faker battle cat. I don't know, like I, I apologize in advance for not knowing their name, but, uh, Faker looks kind of weird. He has, uh, almost like a Robin mask over his eyes and battle cat has, you know, robot tendencies on him and he's blue. And then my personal favorite, uh, you know, last week we talked about me finding cattle gray skull, uh, they are releasing three accessories for Castle Grayskull. You're getting an actual, I'm going to say figure, even though it's not. It's like a diorama of the great, like, oops, excuse me. Um, in all of the Castle Grayskulls that have ever been made on the floor, there's this grate that has, like, animal arms coming out and this giant plant like it's uh, they've even made area rugs of this it's that popular in the motu uh fandom that they're making a actual diorama or piece of that they're making a translucent green spirit of gray skull which is kind of like a a green skull in green smoke and then for the first time Ever, they're releasing the spacesuit that was also a cardboard cutout uh, and or sticker inside of the different Castle Grayskull. So uh, I'm definitely going to be picking that up uh, for my Castle Grayskull because these just hit right in that collector feels of as a kid. Like, man, why why don't I have the why isn't there a spacesuit? Why isn't right. there? So super, super excited about those. Um, the next thing that I'm excited for, I, I sent you yesterday when I, when I saw it after it was announced, uh, Lego 
And we haven't talked about Lego really up until the, this point. Well, and, uh, and, and I know neither on, of us on that real quick. Like I'm, I've never been like the biggest Lego fan. I, I dig the fact that they have like Spider-Man and Batman sets now, but I've just never been, never been a huge Lego person. I've got a couple of the big sets that I've collected the past five years. Uh, as a joke, when Gavin was born, I bought the Shield Helicarrier because I was into buying toys that were bigger than a baby. <laughs> so, um, like, I have the Shield Helicarrier. I've got a Voltron, and then I've got a uh, Cinderella's Castle for uh, Graceland when when she starts. So. I've dabbled in some of the bigger sets, but uh, they announced, and you know, we, we've talked about my love of Spider-Man. They've announced a Daily Bugle Lego set. It's like 3,700 pieces. Uh, the SRP or the retail price is going to be $300, so it's going to be expensive. But not only is it huge, but this thing comes with 25 Lego minifigures, which I think is the most minifigures that they've ever put in a uh, in a set. Now, I could be wrong. I, I'm not familiar with some of the Star Wars, but um, you know, Lego figure minifigures at minimum can go for ten bucks a piece. So, with twenty five figures at ten bucks a piece, that's you're all but getting your money back at at that point. For, uh, for your uh, for your purchase, so um, probably going to get that. Um, and, gonna... and I must say, it's a really pretty sweet looking set. It is pricey, obviously, as you mentioned, but like you said, thirty seven hundred pieces. It's I think the cool thing about something like Lego, not only do you have it to collect, it's like it's a it's a project too. Like that's that's going to take you some time to put together. Yes. Oh, no, it, you're you're absolutely right. Like this isn't a one and done thing. It it will take you know, I think it took me a month. I, I put the Castle Grace called Mega Blocks, which very similar, but you put so much of it together and it's so intricate, like your fingers hurt from pushing the Legos together. Right. So um excited about that. And then the last thing, and I feel like I'm taking over this segment, but it'll we, we got a little transition here. Uh, last week, Super Seven, uh, we talked or well, a couple weeks ago, we talked about Super Seven Series Five mm-hmm. with the Samurai Leo and Mondo Gecko and a couple no, other not, ones. No, not Mondo Gecko. It's a uh, killer or a uh, Leatherhead Ray Krang, Fa- Ray Fillet. Ray Fillet, yes. My bad. I think Mondo Gecko's in Wave 4, if I remember right. Okay. But uh, Super 7 came back out, and they have released a pre-order for the entire month of June. So it's probably over by the time you hear this. But you are able to pre-order all four Ultimate Turtles for $180. So um, basically... For the first four series, they released one turtle per series. Well, when we talked about Series 5, they started, you know, Samurai Leo. Uh, from what I heard, and this is all 
rumor and innuendo, pre-orders for Series 5 was down because mm-hmm. nobody had the original Turtles. And we talked about that as well when we talked about Series 1. Right. Well, and, and I think real quick with Super 7, some of that business model, it it's not that it's bad. I'm not saying that, but I feel like if I were to try to get into it now, it's like, well, I can't because I missed all these pre-orders. And right. it's one of those things where, like with New Japan, I think Ringside ordered a bunch, so there's still some available. Whereas a, a lot of you can have a lot of buyer's remorse with Super Seven, I guess, because if you don't pull the trigger right away, you're not going to get them. And sometimes I've heard pre-orders can take. Obviously, with New Japan, it took a really long time, so there's that process. And so them re-releasing the Four Turtles, which obviously you jumped on, was probably a very smart move. I did. Uh, you know, we talked about it, so I jumped on it uh, because. I, uh, they're not coming out until January next year. And so you got a little so over got, six months then. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to, you know, I did this with, uh, the classics castle Grayskull. I'm going to set back, uh, some money here and there to where, when January comes around and they take it, like it won't be a giant debit or a giant charge that I, that I'm not expecting. Like I, I know that it's coming out, so I'll, I'll probably have it done around Christmas, if not most of it. And then, uh, you know, it wasn't the 180 now. Uh, but I, I thought, you know what? I, I want to get these. And this is probably going to be a slippery slope because now I want Casey Jones because he's my favorite. Mm-hmm. And, there's Splinter, there's Shredder, where they, you know, he looks like the the original Playmate Shredder, but he's standing up. And, you know, as we've talked about, you know, well, if I get Shredder, I'm going to need Bebop and Rocksteady. I may need a Foot Soldier. Like this, Absolutely. this, this could be a a slippery, slippery slope. It um, always is. You can't just get one and done. I think with collecting. But one thing I, I wanted to mention real quick. You know, you talked about how. They don't take the money out right away, so you don't have to have it right away, but just be prepared for it later. I'm actually, I think, opposite of you in, the, in that thinking. One thing I do like about ringside collectibles is that they take the money then because yes. it's one of those things where if I'm like, okay, I'm going to – like I actually did this – I think I did this with uh, AEW Wave 5, which as of this recording I still haven't got yet. But PayPal has a thing when you order something that's – a little bit more expensive, they'll say, well, do you want to do the uh, pay it in four installments? So yep. there's no extra interest or anything. And it's, you know, it's Klarna, I think was the first company I heard of that did this. And then now PayPal, PayPal kind of got wise to it, but I know with like Chalkline and uh, Bane, a friend of ours obviously did it with a uh, replica title belt. It's a little easier to pay maybe 75 bucks every two weeks as opposed to like 300 right now. And, oh, yeah. And so with the ringside order, you know, it was a little over $100 for the four figures that I ordered because I, I passed on Moxley and Hangman. But got Luchasaurus, Kazarian, Scorpio Sky, and Jungle Boy. And so I think the uh, every two-week payments were like maybe $26, $27. So to me, I like that way better because, A, I know ringside's going to get the figures. There's no, there's no worries there. And if they didn't, I know they'd refund me. It's a, you know reliable company in that regard but it's nice to just know that i paid for it 
and it's good. So when it arrives, I don't have to be like, oh, yeah, that's right. I totally forgot about that because things do happen sometimes in life. Obviously, with the uh, pandemic year that we've had over 2020 and the early part of 2021, a lot of things change as far as jobs and money and that sort. And it would be really bad timing if all of a sudden something happened. I feel like and then I'll, you know, then 180 bucks came debited out because maybe I forgot about it. Oh, yeah, that's and that's why I try not to do uh, pre-orders a lot because it's easy to forget what you pre-order. Jeff Toon and seven retro junkyard dogs. Absolutely. Um, So I, I, I do this very rarely and very sparingly, uh, but knowing, you know, they said this is coming out January of 2022. So I have a date, you know, it might be a little before, but I've got a, a good, you know, estimate of, of when this is going to come out. Cause they're, they're probably going to take a ton of pre-orders on these to where, you know, I feel comfortable. It's my only pre-order that I have out right now that I don't, you know, that I know that that's coming out. So, you know, I'm not pre-ordering any of the legends or anything else like that to where I will get, get it lost and confused. Then all of a sudden, like I have six charges hitting. So right. uh, I feel, I feel responsible enough with my one and, uh, you know, heads up in uh, January, 2022, I will have a review of <laughs> four ultimate, uh, Ninja Turtles. So Very cool, I'm excited man. about that. So anything else you're excited for? Cause I have something I want to bring up as well. Uh, that's it. I, I feel like I, I, I shanghaied, uh, what I'm excited for this week. So you, you, have a lot, me, which, you know, that that's a good thing, but I had to bring this up cause I think we had a varying opinion of this too. We were texting earlier today as we record this, that, Zombie Sailor announced a huge signing for his Heels and Faces toy line, which we've talked about. Uh, allegedly past. huge. Allegedly. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, and so we're we're kind of reading his post. Like, who do you think he's talking about? This guy's never had a figure. Like, you're kind of like reading maybe some of the clues. Who could it be? And he, he used the word gentleman. And so you're thinking like, gentleman Chris Adams. I, but I remember even thinking, I was like, but would gentleman Chris Adams be like, that big of a get like it's not not a knock on him but it's not like people i don't think people are clamoring for that either you know and then i thought well maybe it's gino hernandez because he had that dark side of the ring episode and you know zombie sailor got a hold of dino bravo's family through dark side of the ring so maybe it's gino hernandez and he's right. a figure and he was friends with gentleman chris I, adams it's got to be him and no that was I not it at all new jack because of you know you know shout out to new jack you know r.i.p but you absolutely know, he he has done a lot of of dark side of the ring. So, you know, we're going back and forth of, well, then I I saw someone online predict David Schultz, which I also thought would be a great one because he's never had a figure. And, uh, see, that'd be great. Yeah. And, uh, it ended up being slapping action. Hasbro, David Schultz. Oh, could you imagine? You're welcome. Zombie sailor. Yeah. I've just made you (laughs) series six. Um, but the, the reveal ended up being Todd Pittengill, who we remember from the mid nineties is like the kind of the C level announcer. But I remember a lot Pittengill so well, because he was the guy that was on like the Sunday and Saturday morning shows all the time. 
he was definitely the Livewire host. I remember him and Sonny on Livewire every Saturday morning at 10 on the USA Network. And uh, welcome to Livewire. We're going to take your calls. Like, huge Todd Pettengill fan. Don't get me wrong. Love the guy. Like, uh, And then he had that one girl from, like, uh, the first couple in your houses that only did one to two spots. But she was kind of crazy. So, like... No disrespect for Todd Pettengill. Like I said, big Todd Pettengill fan, but like, I, I think I worked myself up. And I was just like, oh, like, yeah. Uh, whereas you were more excited about it, like, well, know. I've always felt like Todd Pettengill never really got his just due because honestly, his energy made me excited for wrestling. You know what I mean? Like he. He seemed jazzed to be there. Like he, he kind of like he reminded me of like that grown man that's still kind of a kid at heart and like is probably like real fun and like you know like would be excited if like you had a new video game like kind of like a fun uncle almost in a way. And you know he who he reminded me of as a kid, huh. and it, you can tell me I'm an idiot and I'll, I'll be okay with it. But it was like. For me as a kid, he was a mix of Tony Schiavone and Mark Summers. Like, he looked like... Oh, you're absolutely dead on there, yeah. But he had the excitement of Mark Summers. And, like, that was my... As a kid, I was like, well, he's a commentator like Tony Schiavone and he's got hair, but this guy's got, like... He's kind of out there like Mark Summers, so... No. Yeah, I mean, he, I send actually you, send I, your hate tweets to Big Underscore Bane. That's my <laughs> Twitter handle. At kicked out of the hood, no E and kick. Yeah. Right, <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I always, I always enjoyed Todd Pettengill, and it was kind of one of those things where I don't know if you, I mean, obviously I didn't have internet at the time, but all of a sudden you just realize one day he's not there anymore, and the company kind of shifted more to the Attitude Era, and Todd Pettengill was kind of um, not part of it anymore. I guess he was like he does like radio in New York and stuff. I guess still, but. Um, so I, I was excited about this, and I think I was excited because I was like, man, if this were the LJN era, they would have definitely made a Todd Pettengill because they made all the right. managers and announcers, but Hasbro didn't. So I feel like another reason he's a good choice, he does much like a Dino Bravo, he fits into that era. Yes. He's into that He's in that new era, or new generation, not yes. new era. These, these, aren't new, these aren't ball caps, but yeah, that new generation... Um, I, I guess now it's since I don't play with my toys as much, I look at them more as display pieces. And it's like, well, am I going to get a Todd Pettengill to put on display? No, but we have the exact same, uh, same thing for a different figure. I'm more than excited for the Danhausen figure. Right. And you're like, eh, so. Right. And, and I think that's, Actually, what is really smart about Zombies' toy line is the fact that, like, I could not care less about an Enzo figure, but I'm pretty stoked for Bruiser Brody, you know? And then I could see someone maybe who's like, who's this Bruiser Brody guy, but I, I want Enzo and Danhausen, you know what I mean? So you kind of get both sides of the coin there. I guess one person actually guessed Nick Gage as the figure, and I'm not really a Nick Gage fan, but I think a figure of him would do pretty well. Well, especially with the dark side of the ring. Like, sure. I'm not a big fan either, but he's got a couple 
you know, he's friends with Mox and, uh, you know, he had his David Arquette fiasco and, you know, it, uh, you know, apparently MDK is bigger than I know about and he is an East Coast guy over here. So, yeah, uh, MDK all the way. I think I said that right. If not, <laughs> um, I, I didn't do it on purpose. Um, so now to kind of shift gears to our next segment here. Travis, what have you been finding in the stores? What's uh, what's been your uh, figure hunting these days? Uh, still, still slim, but uh, I've got out a couple times. Uh, there, I have seen one uh, AEW Series Four. I think it was Ortiz, uh, which is exactly also- the one I saw. He might be the peg warmer. Yeah, but it's it's hard to say, and I I don't want to be that guy that goes up to the target workers because they're going through a lot of crap right now with the ball cards and Pokemon and Major Blood. But we have one. Well, now we have two pegs uh, for AEW figures, and each of those pegs only holds four figures. Mm-hmm. So there's six figures in a series. Like so, they may only put out four and then take the other two in the back and then wait until the like to restock it. But I just don't want to be that guy. Like, hey, you got this in the back. You got this in the back. Like, mm-hmm. so. Well, I remember one time as a kid, real quick, I I was at a Toys R Us and it was Jack's Tag Team Series One had hit. There was one tag team I wanted. Can you guess it? You are correct. It was the Legion of Doom. <laughs> I thought it was Mosh and Thrasher. Right. Well, actually, the, the Headbangers was choice, too. But they had plenty of Blackjacks and plenty of Godwins. And so oh. I'm looking at them, and I'm like, you know, and it's also one of those choices where you have money, but that's not what you want, but you want to buy something. And so I see the manager. He walks by, and he's like, finding everything okay? And I'm like... Actually, no, I'm not. Uh, and so I turned the back the box around, and I'm pointing to LOD. I hadn't even got my finger to it yet. And I was like, "Do you have that tag team?" At the before I could even utter out team, he's like, "Everything we have is out on the pegs." I was like, "Oh, okay." Like, and you know, you're a kid, so you're just like taking at face value. But again, it's one of those weird things where. I don't know how store stock. I don't know the thought behind it, but you would think they would look at AEW lines and be like, "Okay, we put out let's say four AEW figures at 10 a.m. on Tuesday. By 1:30, they're gone. So, what would it be like if we put out 10 figures? You know, like there there has to be some thought there to it." And I feel like Target as a corporation, and Walmart too for that matter, are aware that these figures move, and they're aware of the demand. That's why like Major Blood, apparently in some stores you have to ask, ask the electronics department. So, yeah. So, so my thought is like, you know that these move, you know that these make money, and you know we've talked in previous episodes about, you know, Walmart having you know, sections like comforters and stuff where we use the high figures because it's not fast-moving stuff. You would think on fast-moving stuff like figures, especially right now that they're hot, you would stock them more often maybe. I don't know if that makes sense, but how many times you go to Walmart and, like, it's empty, it's bare. It's like, 
And I've said that to, you know, Jeff from Fully Posable and other people. It's like, what what a terrible business model. Like, I'm here with money. Take my money. Like, why aren't you doing that? I, I agree. And, you know, it's, it, it's we want to spend money. Let us, let us spend our money. Take our money. We we don't want to buy double cheeseburgers and Chicago deep dish pizzas anymore. We want right. to buy toys. We want to buy our toys. Let us buy them. So, so you saw Ortiz. Anything else? Um on the pegs right now? I I did yesterday. I saw one uh, Ultimate Edition Edge and one Ultimate uh, Macho Man. So the we live guy... several states away, and we are seeing the exact same stuff. That's exactly what I yes. saw. He, uh, the guy in front of me, uh, well, what was funny is I was I walked in, and I saw this guy leave the WWE side of the action figures, and I saw the Ultimate Edge, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." I was like, "Ah, oh, well, I missed Mach." Well, then I went to look on the other side where the Marvel Legends and GI Joe uh, figures were, and he was there, and he had the Macho in his hand. So, Did you tackle him? No, but I definitely like eyed him to see if he was like, if it was a purchase or if it was something that he was just going to carry around. So I watched him for a couple minutes. I know that's creepy as all get out, but if he was going to set Macho down, I, I would have, would have got Mach. Um, other than that, uh, oh, I, I did find in my mailbox a, uh, a box uh, of an eBay purchase. So I, I made, uh, as I alluded to earlier, my first podcast purchase. I like how you said that. You found uh, it in your mailbox like you didn't know it was coming. <laughs> so explain. Well, you, explain know, a, you never know anymore. Yeah, explain a podcast purchase. What do you mean by that? So, um, I don't know if we'll call it a segment, but you know, we've been talking about you know different toys, and you know, episode three we talked about uh, battle trolls. Absolutely. Openly admitted that uh, I saw it, but I never had any as a kid. And I'm a wrestling fan. And when you said there was a troll ultimate warrior, I, uh, I that was my new holy grail. Like I want a troll ultimate warrior just because. Like, and then I saw a picture of him. I saw that he actually looked really cool. Um, so set the old eBay search or save search and would, you know, get an update here and there. And I'm pretty sure it was about a day after we recorded last week. I sent you this picture. I went, I've got about six days on this. Here we go. And it was a, a group of 11 battle trolls, uh, from series one and two and a couple from series three, which is harder to find. Yes, and in that collection of battle trolls was one very mint troll to mint warrior. And I watched it, I watched it, uh, had to set my alarm because it ended at like 12.47 in the morning, and I'm not a late person anymore with, with getting up early for work. So... uh Woke up, placed the bid. I won. 
and I got my battle trolls delivered, and I now have a Trolltimate Warrior in my action figure collection because we talked about it here on the podcast. So you, you got Battle Trolls in hand. You actually, in the picture you sent me, it's a pretty sizable little collection, too. Yeah, it, uh, there, there were 11. Like I said, it was Series 1 and Series 2, uh, and it was really a lot of the, the heavy hitters. I, uh, I've got a list. Uh, I'll roll through it real quick, just because I didn't know really who I had. So in Series 1, I got Trollclops and the Trollminator and Captain Troll and TD Troll, Touchdown Troll. So I got the Football Troll. I got Sir Trollahad, Super Troll, Roadhog Troll, Punk Troll, Officer Patrol. That's that's the uh, best name, right? Yeah. And General Troll. And then the last one was the Troll Tremid Warrior from Parts Unknown. Because that's where it was shipped from, from Parts Unknown. Fantastic. Now, when I got mine in, because I remember, like I like I had said in the previous episode, I had a few of these as a kid, but hadn't you know, had them since then. And I only had like four or five as a kid. But when I got them in, I, I really thought, like, I was like, these are like really, really similar to Funko Pops. And I never really made that. Yes. I never made that connection until I got them in hand. I was like, "Wait a minute, these are like Funko Pops, kind of." And uh, funny story, I uh, the first six that I bought, I opened the box and I was right in my kitchen near my uh, like kitchen sink window, and I just lined them up right there, and that's where they're still standing. Ooh, and I'm like, that's kind of a nice because I mean, as you can tell with them, they're 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 kind of an interesting toy because they're not really an action figure because they don't really move, but a lot of figures in that time didn't, so it really wasn't that off putting. But they're nice. Yeah, only the head, the head's on a swivel, yeah, like on, it, on um, the ne- uh, neck joint. Yeah, but they're they're a nice, you know, display piece. But my nephew came over and saw him. He goes. What are those guys? And I'm like, those are battle trolls. He's like, they are ugly. And I'm like, yeah, they are. And he goes, can I have one? <laughs> and uh, I, I actually ended up getting a couple of different lots. So I had a, a repeat of the uh, TD troll, the touchdown troll. And so I, I said, well, you can have that one. And he was like, I want this one. And guess which one he picked up? Yeah, Trolltimate Warrior. And I'm it's like, a, sorry, kid. Sorry. No, I can't do that. That was too it, expensive. It's, it's funny you say that because... Some of them were a little beat up, and uh, but like I said, with eleven of them, I uh, I let Gavin and Gracie we 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 set them out all on the table, went back and forth, so they each got to pick five to play with because they did the same thing. Like, look at the hair, what are like? Yeah. So they got real excited, and like I said, I got my Trolltimate Warrior, and you know they got to go through and they picked one by one, and Gavin picked the. Uh, the, I think it was the punk troll because his favorite color is green and he had the green and black hair. And uh, Gracie picked Super Troll because he's Super Dad. Like so, sure. Uh, they have been equally distributed to to Gavin and Gracie, but uh, and they laughed They're like, "Daddy, you only picked one. We got five. So they think they got one over on Dad as well." <laughs> Uh, that's awesome, but yeah, man, battle trolls—they're—they're uh, they're fun, and I think we'll have probably more of that as we, uh, 
as we dive into this, especially stuff like, like to me, like I've been able to kind of get away from like not trying to collect eighties GI Joes because of the new ones, and uh, same with Masters of the Universe. But you know, Battle Trolls and you know American Gladiators. There's no re- renewed toy lines of those, so there's a couple other toy lines too. I feel like that might happen too. So it'll be it'll be. What have you been? What have you been seeing out there, man? Man, you know, so a lot of what you, what you what you have seen. So you know, I saw an Ortiz on the pegs, which honestly, I get that, like, because he's just in like the t-shirt and stuff, so it's not as exciting. But he has two really cool heads head, you know, uh, the, the afro hair and then the like yep. the braids. So I saw him, which is again a sign like ah, series four shipped. I saw the Ultimate Edge and the Ultimate Macho Man, and like I said earlier, I passed on those. Simply because, I'm like, I really I want to see if I can I can land that major blood, and uh, that's really that's really all I've seen, man. Like, uh, you know, I I always kind of take a quick quick peek at everything and see if I spot something. I'm like, ooh, I kind of want that, or ooh, I may get that, and nothing new really jumping out at me, you know. Um, but I think there's also a lot that like kind of on the horizon that I've got my interest peaked, and when that happens, I think sometimes. Things that are out now don't interest me as much, if that makes sense. Like, the Masterverse line has really got my interest. I'm like, I really want those. So, when I when I decided I really wanted those, like, DC Multiverse kind of took a back seat. And I was like, yeah, I don't really want those anymore, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Like, why, why get those when I'm going to be able to get uh, right. the 7-inch He-Man? And they are going to be 7-inch. I did see that. I, did, so. I saw that as well. I'm like, oh man, they're gonna. I know it's gonna get me. And if they do any sort of like build a figure, could you imagine like a, a like a you know like they do with the DC McFarlands right now, like a Motu build a figure? Because I don't think they've ever done any type of Motu build a figure. Like that I, would I be. I don't think they have either. Um, the build a figure thing is is something. I mean, this is a whole different can of worms. That would actually be a good icebreaker question at some point. But I've always kind of had mixed feelings on those because I, I go back to like the Elite Flashback Harley race, and it's such an amazing figure. But then you got those Shawn Michaels arms in there, and, and there are so many armless Commissioner Shawn Michaels figures. Out yeah, there. well, yeah, and, and like, and not only that, like uh, for my nephew's birthday, I got him the WrestleMania Goldberg, and then there's the Paul Ellering head. And he's like, why does he have a, an extra head with hair? And I'm like, um, yeah, that's Paul Ellering. I, I don't even know what to say. Like, I can't even explain right. it. You know, it's like, it's such a weird, and I get it, like, from a collector's perspective, especially like Marvel Legends, by all these X-Men figures, you can build Apocalypse. Or by all these Spider-Man figures, you can build the Kingpin. It's great incentive. But it's also one of those things where I think it, it sucks because now when you build Kingpin, He's not mint on card, you know. He's loose, right? So, well, just wait a year. They'll re-release Kingpin with a different color scheme and yeah, put him in a in a box set. Yes, that they, tends yes to be their their mo recently. Yeah, definitely. Well, Travis, I think it's probably about that time we dive into our main event. What do you say? Let's do it. 
Coming from the farthest reaches of the universe to challenge the worst villains on Earth are the most powerful heroes ever in the Battle of the Superpowers Collection. Hark! Batman being called to stop a dastardly deed? Got you, Joker. Don't laugh yet. We this the war. It's a trap. Activate Batarang. Trouble, Batman? Not my Batmobile. Unleash phase two. Is this the end of our heroes in the Batmobile? You decide. Batmobile and Superpowers action figures all sold separately. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back here on the TB Toy Cast. It is main event time, and already in the ring, Travis Fowler. Travis, are you ready for DC Superpowers Series 1? I am more than ready for this for this line. So this obviously was released in 1984 by Kenner. Um you were excited about this. Uh, I know you're a comic book fan. You told me before you're not really a huge DC fan, though. But what do you remember about this line from back in the day? I remember liking this line way more than Secret Wars because uh, all of these guys had actions. So they really were action figures. So... You squeeze their legs and they would have a Superman punch. Um, Robin would have a karate chop. Uh, Flash, you squeeze his arms and his legs would move like he was running. Aquaman swam. Like Joker had his mallet hammer. Like you had actions with these and they... Unlike Hasbro, WWF Hasbro's that had actions that would put them in a weird pose, all of these guys were basically stood there like an action figure. So like straight arms, straight legs. There was no weird Rick Rude pose or jumper. Like you could play them as action figures. Uh, They had cloth capes. They came with a comic book. So like these hit like everything that I wanted as a kid, because you could get the comic books like Motu. You could, you would have your action figures, which were the size of your secret wars, but they, they moved. They had the cloth capes. They had play sets. They had, you know, vehicles. Um, and it was local. You know, I, I've said it before, but Kenner was right down the interstate from us. So, uh, these were everywhere here in Dayton, Ohio, and the surrounding, you know, department stores uh, and and toy department. So, uh, and the package was great. The colors were bright. Like it, it I don't know. I, I could gush, which I have for three, four minutes. But like, I could gush about this, you know, well, series. A lot longer. Well, I, I will say, again, released in 1984, I wasn't born until 85, so these are a tad bit before my time. But looking at some of the artwork on the cover or on the, the packaging is incredible. But then you said it comes with a comic. What I love about that is, let's say you're a casual fan and you see Green Lantern. Well, who is this guy? Well, here's a comic book to tell you his story. It's genius. Yep. You would get a you'd get a quick origin story because I think they they were four to eight pages. I think some of them were were more than others, but you know the other thing 
that was great about it is uh, Superman fights Lex Luthor, and you would they would draw in the Lex Luthor figure. So what did you want to do? You wanted to go buy the Lex Luthor figure and reenact Absolutely. the comic book. Well, um, I, mean, it, I think it's always important too, and I always felt this way. You needed the bad guys to fight the good guys. And I remember one thing that really bothered me when I watched the toys that made us on the G.I. Joe episode is that one of the creators talked about, well, we don't G.I. Joe's are the good guys. Who do they fight? They fight everyone else in your toy box. It's like and then that's when they realized they came up with Cobra and that's the the evil unit and stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, they need you need good villains. And I think good villains make that character so much better. I think that's why I'm such a huge Batman and Spider-Man fan. They have amazing villains. Yes, you know they they they're one and one a when it comes to their rogues gallery and their villains gallery because they have such one they have so many villains but they have they're all different and unique in their own way that uh, it brings out the best in our hero whether that be Batman Spider Man or even the Flash the Flash has a great rogue gallery he got a lot of B list but. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's also up there with, you know, Captain Cold. Uh, you know, he's going to, I'm going to freeze you so you can't run fast. Makes sense. Absolutely. Especially to a five-year-old. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, we got to go through series one here. There's 12 figures in the first wave plus a mail away. So pretty solid first wave. I mean, that's almost, and it's not all heroes. I love that they threw in villains too. They sprinkled in a little bit of everything for everybody here and, I'll just go through them because it's it's great. Uh, first up, we have Aquaman, and as you mentioned before, he kind of swims, which I think is fantastic. Yep, he uh, came with a trident as well, which was super thin and broke, but uh, also a, a very uh, popular accessory that was lost because he never swam with his trident because you couldn't squeeze his arms and carry right. the trident. Uh, next up, we have Batman. Looks like he has the cloth cape, kind of the. Uh, the gray and blue with the uh, power action bat punch, which is amazing. Yeah. We have Brainiac, power action computer kick, which is fantastic. And Brainiac, probably, definitely at this time, a little bit more of a B-list villain. Yes, he, uh, well, it, at least in my mind as well, he, uh, you know... I think they, they released him just because he looked cool and they could throw some chrome on him and, you know, and you needed, uh, other than Lex Luthor, someone for Superman to punch. Uh, we, of course, have the Flash, and you mentioned it earlier, power action lightning legs, which is, again, very, very creative. And, of course, Flash is in his classic uh, red costume with the uh, trimmed in yellow with the lightning bolt. We have Green Lantern. Very, Lan- very cool. Yeah, yeah. Green Lantern, uh, the classic black and green attire. And it says here, the Emerald Gladiator Powers, uh, the power ring that can create temporarily any object he desires with his willpower. It doesn't say, does this one have an action? It doesn't say. It does. Is His left hand, uh, he came with a, a an actual Green Lantern, and his left hand had kind of an open... So what you would do is put the lantern in his left hand, squeeze his legs, and his ring was on his right hand on a fist, and he would come up, and it was like he was charging the uh, Green Lantern ring into the lantern. 
And then once you charged it, you could, uh, you know, punch him again because that's where the superpowers came from or his super quote unquote superpower came from. Amazing. Next up we have Hawkman. I imagine it doesn't list an action here on these next few, but I would imagine something to do with his wings. Yep. He had flight wings. Uh, he was he looked amazing. Uh, he had two detachable wings on his back, but when you squeezed his legs, uh, his wings flew. So you could have flying action, Hawkman, and he came with a mace uh, as well to bonk you in the head. Fantastic. We have the Joker, classic purple suit with a green mallet. Um, I've always loved the Joker. This looks like an incredible figure. It was great. He, uh, the, the best part as a kid, one of the sides of the mallets was hollow. So you could squeeze his legs and he'd hit you with the mallet, but the mallet would go over your head to where it looked very cartoonish. Like he hit your head into your shoulders, like in the the cartoon. So this is a super underrated line, man. Like the more I'm seeing it, the more I'm like kind of wanting to battle troll it and start buying these. Oh yeah. It's there. You'll, you can't go wrong with it. Yeah. Uh, after that, we've got Lex Luthor, of course, the you know arch nemesis of Superman, and he's in his green uh, like a, is it the mech suit, tech suit? They call it something, but yeah, it, it's like a battle armor. It's uh, yeah, got some kryptonite in it because that's that's how a regular human was able to fight Superman face you know face to face mm-hmm. um he also had a a punching power yes um after lex luther uh, another fantastic batman villain one i actually hated as a kid he's grown on me since uh the penguin this was a great one he uh he had the like uh his umbrella arm or as a penguin called his bumper shoot and he had a like a umbrella and you put it in his arm and he would poke you with it because <laughs> that's the only thing that the penguin could do is poke you with his umbrella. Um, and then of course uh, we have Robin and his kind of similar attire to what he wore in like uh, the 66 version of Batman with a yellow cape. And I'm going to tell you, Travis, I'm like 90% sure I had this figure. If anybody had superpowers, it was Batman, Robin, or Superman. Like, they're the, you know, we make a lot of wrestling references, but he's, those three are the Hulk Hogan LJNs. Like, if you had a superpowers, it was Superman, Batman, or Robin, because Robin had the karate chop. And that's what I remember about it. Looking at it, I was like, well, it could have been another Robin, but I'm like, I remember that karate chop, so, and... You know, there was a lot of figures during this time that kind of came out, like different DC lines and stuff, as we know. So they all kind of got mixed together, but I'm almost positive I, ha- I did have that Robin, so could be. Uh, Great a, figure. Yeah, it looks amazing. Um, and next up, a classic, has to be in there, Superman. He, uh, he had his Superman punch or power punch, same thing as... You know, squeezed his legs and both of his arms went back and forth to punch. Uh, he had his cloth cape. One of the cool things about this Superman is they even went the extra mile and uh, 
like iron on or embossed the the yellow Superman emblem on his cape. So uh, they oh, paid nice. attention to the, to the details on, on that one. So uh, a lot of the Superman capes are are all red now because you know it's been. 20, 37 years, so unless you took really, really, really good care of it, that kind of scratched off as time went on, especially when you played with them. Which, obviously, these were being played with, most likely. Oh, Um, yeah. uh, Following Superman, the last figure in Series 1, of course, Wonder Woman. Now, this uh, was the... As to date, it was the most unique one because, one, it was the only female figure mm-hmm. of the entire line. She was the hardest to find. And her action uh, went with uh, her actual superpower again. So you would squeeze her legs and her arms would come up to her forehead and she would clang her Wonder Woman bracelets together. Oh, nice. So and she came with her lasso, which was lost because it always would fall apart. Um, deep cut, but there was a, uh, a a thick lasso and a thin lasso. Um, and also, like that brings me to my my first story. My I wanted this Wonder Woman figure bad, like I wanted Tila, but you just she wasn't. She was short packed and. Uh, you know, my mom would go out and look and look, and she, uh, I remember she went shopping one night with just her friends, no, you know, and they stopped at Best. I don't know if you had a a Best out there with you, like, uh, one side was appliances and furniture, and then the other side was uh, toys. Mm. And we, she went you, to- You mentioned Best before. We don't have any of those out here, so kind of jealous. Oh. Uh, yeah, it was it was definitely a late eighties, early nineties thing. And uh like I said it was split up. There was uh like furniture and appliances. Um imagine like a scaled down Best Buy without like media. Okay. So you could go in and see like TVs and microwaves and end tables and like all that stuff and then uh, you walked through this doorway because they separated the sections by a big wall, and on the other side was your toys. And uh, mom was at best for some reason, and she came home. Uh, what I thought was late it probably was really only eight or nine o'clock, but I guess I'm five or six at the time. And she brought home Wonder Woman and a Snickers candy bar for me, and. Uh, I still have that Wonder Woman figure today. I have a good amount of my superpowers. You uh, had that sadly, sticker my bars? Wonder Woman. That sticker bar still? Oh yeah, absolutely. Can't you tell how excited I am? Like I'm not grumpy. I, I'm. Yeah. You uh, you were satisfied. I, uh, <laughs> I, my my hunger was. Cause I I think Pete Rose was talking about Snickers at the time, so that's why I was you know, big on, on eating Snickers, but, uh, I still have my Wonder Woman. Uh, another story is, uh, her right foot is chewed because my, my very first dog, whose name was Tila, uh, if I left my toys out, would chew on my, my action figures. So I have a, 
a Wonder Woman with a slightly chewed right boot. But I still have a, a handful of my superpowers. Uh, great, great uh, action figure line. You know, there were people that I've met and friends over the years that uh, would dumpster dive at Kenner. You, you uh, mentioned this last week after we picked this. We um, I can't remember if it was a part of the show or not, honestly, because I know we talked a little bit after Prince. But, yeah, you said they would dumpster dive because you live near Kenner. And right. I was amazed what they found. They would find prototypes and uh, character uh, character. Uh, like the the one sheets like that Ron Rudat does like the the sketches of yeah. of the front back and side of the figure with the action uh, the character sheets I guess is what they're called um, yeah early prototypes stuff that would be uh, you know it, it was just thrown out because you know back in the the early to mid eighties one there was no security cameras and two like. After, you know, they would go through and be like, all right, well, we did our, it was a meeting of, all right, well, this is the next superpowers line. This is what the painted prototype's going to look like. All right, well, put it, you know, yes, we approve, send it out. Uh, they found the, the, the production cards uh, and all that. But, uh, you know, there, you, you run into, uh, you know, some of the toy stores around here, like toy department or even the flea market where you'll run into some of this stuff that, that they dumpster dive and picked out for, you know, not only superpowers, but starting lineups and those, uh, last, uh, late runs of, of star Wars, the return of the Jedi stuff, because they, that all came out of Kenner, uh, at, you know, in the, that early to, to mid eighties. Absolutely incredible. I mean, it's it's so crazy to think what because even at the time, it, it would be hard for me to think that that would be worth like money. But I I, I kind of wonder that like what what would you think if like you were a Hasbro employee's kid or grandkid and you found a prototype of something, and next thing you know, someone's offering you like ten thousand dollars for it. Like that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I I don't think that when they were dumpster diving, they were actually really dumpster diving for prototypes. That's just, what, that, they, you know, that's just what they found? Yeah, that's just what they found because it, you, this wasn't uh, – they were just looking for uh, free toys. There's uh, the – if I recall, the like the Hulkamaniacs Brutus Beefcake Hasbro – there's only one, but it was all beat up, and it's because a Has the Hasbro employee took it to his son, and his son played with it. Like right. they had no idea, really, what it was. It's just later in life, or later, you know, years and years later, once the internet happens, and oh, look at this prototype! Look at right. this prototype! People realize what they have, so. Uh, I, I think really they were just looking for, you know, artwork or free toys. Yeah. And if it was thrown out and, you know, hey, oh, well, this Superman must be broke because he doesn't have a spring action or, you know, stuff like that. It could be, man. It's, it's crazy. Well, I think it's about that time we choose 
next week's main event. Ooh, I'm ready. Are you ready? I so I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to uh, I'm going to force a um, a certain genre, and that's going to be pro wrestling. So I'm going to give you all pro wrestling lines. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. We have we've only done one pro wrestling line in nine episodes, which is kind of shocking to me. So I feel like we need to integrate another one. So I'm going to throw one at you that you have eliminated twice. So we'll see. Uh-oh. LJN Wrestling Superstars. That's your first choice. Uh, choice number two. AWA Remco Series 1. Oof. Choice number three. Jack's Bone Crunching Action Series 1. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. So, first one to go. Is AWA Remco's man? I uh, was I was sure that's what you were going to choose. I funny story about them, and what we'll, you know, we'll we'll dive deeper into it when we do cover it. But I saw these at Odd Lots and Big Lots when I was a kid, so I always thought they were rip off wrestling figures. So I never had any because I thought, right? Well, that looks like He Man. That's not a wrestling figure, right. so. Uh, never had them, never knew that they were really even real wrestling figures till, you know, 10, 15 years ago when, you know, when the internet came out and, sure. you know, Hey, this was a real line. Oh, okay. So see, I wouldn't uh, have thought that either. And the only reason I knew they were real is because of Hawk and animal, honestly. Well, they were in the eighties. You could make something look exactly like it. And they, you know, there were no copyrights, and well, I mean, there were, but they well, were. yeah, and, and I guess it was such a simple time. I just, you know, you just like, I, but I didn't know what AWA was until I mean, until right. many years later, because I remember actually getting a VHS tape at a Kmart of the Best of the Road Warriors, and it had two matches on it, and um, well, that's what tape. So you got about a five minute video, two two minute squash matches, and in an interview. Just Basically, kidding. Kidding. well, the the first <laughs> match was just a clip. It was. Uh, Hawk and Animal beating up Kurt Hennig, and then the big return match was Hawk and Animal against Kurt Hennig and Larry the Axe. And it was like a, a pretty lengthy tag match, but that's that's actually how I knew AWA was real because of the logo, because I remember I had the ring. But Gotcha. But, like, yeah, I actually had Kurt Hennig as a kid but didn't know who that was. Obviously now we know that's Mr. Perfect, who I knew, but his figure, the likeness, was not that close. Yeah, because he had like short hair in AWA right. instead of. And the second one to go. Oh, this pains me. Jack's BCA is going. We are going to finally cover WWF LJN Series One. Amazing! Third time was the charm. So I think this will be an interesting thing to talk about because. Um, a lot of people still look at the LJNs as one of the greatest wrestling figure lines of all time, and that not really one you you were into, correct? Yeah, it was uh, like you talked about today. It was just right before my wheelhouse, like seventy nine, eighty, eighty one. I was born in April of eighty one, so uh, I remember seeing 
you know, some of these in Children's Palace. Uh, but at that point, uh, my biggest remembrance of LJNs was at garage sales and flea markets where they would right. have a, a box of LJNs or a uh, laundry basket full of LJNs. A, a you dollar know, a piece. piece. Yeah. Yep. 25 cents a piece, five for a dollar, yeah. uh, you know, because they were, uh, they came out, they ran their course and, uh, you know, then, then Hasbro's came out. So, yeah, man. uh, it's not that I don't like them, but like, you know, I, I feel like it was, uh, a little before my wheelhouse and, you know, other than Hulk Hogan, uh, they never released the same figure twice. Right. Like he was, he was the only one. So, uh, and that's one of the reasons people, you know, have a, a high favor for it and, and like it a lot is because you got a lot of wrestlers and yes. wrestlers that, uh, still to this day, I've never seen a match. So I, you know, apparently Ted RCD was a wrestler, but I've never seen a Ted RCD match. Oh, yeah. Well, and I'll have some funny stories about some of the LJN guys because, again, I got a lot of them through garage sales and flea markets from my grandmother who couldn't pass up a deal. So if it was a deal, she was going to buy it. And so a lot of mine were beat up and, you know, I had a, like, just like I had a Big John stud who's the entire inside of his mouth was painted with an ink pen. So it was like kind of like a grayish black. <laughs> I mean, just a lot Ooh. of weird. Yeah, but I mean... I didn't care because it's like, oh, I, I wanted those figures. And as you know, which we didn't know this then, but you couldn't find those on the pegs anymore because those were gone. So this right. is kind of a, a, the way to get them and things of that nature. But, you know, big hunks of rubber, which was totally different than than anything that would later become a wrestling toy. But, I, you know, I, I think for a lot of us at the time, and, you know, Jack's BCA could actually kind of fall into that same category. It wasn't that they were the greatest figures, but... That's what they had, so that's what we played with, you know. So, right, um, I, you know, the LJNs will always have a special place to me as like my first wrestling figure I ever got. Although once I got Hasbro's, I kind of realized very quickly I was not into these anymore. But uh, yeah, man. Um, but I, like I was saying, a lot of the characters are people I didn't know, and and so you kind of just you let the imagination run wild because it's like I knew who Hulk Hogan was, I knew who Andre yep. the Giant was, I didn't know who Corporal Kirshner was, or like you said, Ted Arcidi. Um, I knew who Junkyard Dog was. Sure. Um, I didn't understand why my Andre had an afro and no singlet. Right. I didn't either. Like, why is he wearing blue tights? I never saw him wear that. But And why does my Jesse Ventura flexing his muscle? He's not talking on the, on the mic, like, behind the table with Vince McMahon. Right. Like, so, uh, yeah, it's uh, a great series. I... I uh, I would be glad to cover, you know, third time's a charm. You're welcome, Scott. You're welcome, Jeff. You're welcome, everybody else that, that has uh, that soft spot on your head. I mean, that soft spot in your heart for <laughs> LJNs. Definitely. It'll be it'll be fun to dive into it. And who knows? Maybe you'll get reignited for excitement with LJNs. But um, as we, as we kind of close it up here, um, of course, give us a follow at the TB Toycast. And uh, shoot us an email if you uh, want us to talk about something. TBToyCast at yahoo.com. And um, 
I'm going to throw a couple of shout-outs, of course. You already mentioned Jeff and Scott, the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Can't thank those guys enough. I mean, I think if it wasn't for them, safe to say, me and you wouldn't even be recording this right now. So they kind of paved the road for a lot of us uh, toy podcasters. Yes, sir. Absolutely. We, uh, yeah, I found your podcast because they said, hey, check out Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Yep. Okay, I will. Thank you very much. And I did, and we're here today because of it. Yeah, it, it's kind of crazy how just a few years ago, none of us really knew each other, you know? Um, I, another shout-out I'd like to throw out is, of course, Doing the Favor, the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast, uh, Elite Eight Showdown with old Big Chuck, and then uh, just because I like Bane, but I don't like his podcasting partner, uh, No Holds Barred with Bill Benus. You know what? Bill's bringing the heat with his uh, bring his knowledge and, and you know letting us sit under the learning tree last couple weeks about uh, how to be a professional wrestler. So it's He's, like that '90s special of like the secrets of professional wrestling revealed. Like, thank you, Bill. I will definitely, if I'm ever an independent wrestler or make it to the WWE. I will definitely go into the locker room and set my bags down first. I I was unaware. Thank you, sir. He he, he is uh, he is something else. My God, let me tell you. Uh, also, want to give a big shout out to Jason Wolf. Yes, uh, definitely. His artwork. Uh, the man does great work. Uh, he's he's put out some amazing Hasbro figures. Uh, he's got some new things coming up. Some underground stuff that he's. Uh, previewed and, and kind of sneak peek. So watch all of his social media to stay up to date on that. Also check out Howling with the Wolf. Uh, love it. Uh, it's not for everybody, but you know what? It's, it's, it's a great listen. Uh, shout out to Star Joe's. You know, I, every week I talked about them as well. Ryan, Chuck, and, and John. Uh, shout out to rock at open your toys podcast and, uh, you know, shout out to Drew and Caitlin Vinsel. They, uh, definitely tales, tales from the estate, tell, man. tales from the estate. I, uh, cannot listen to them without just being absolutely hungry for whatever snack or food that they talk about. Cause oh, it's like, God, Oh, no. they talked about pizzas and I went, well, you know what? I need to eat. Uh, 10 pizzas because they both had a top five pizza on top of honorable mentions. So, uh, you know, thanks guys. You, you make, uh, you make my eating habits, uh, a lot harder with all of your amazing, uh, recommendations and top five foods. So check them out. Definitely. And then a couple more, I want to throw out, uh, pulling up a chair with a chair shot, Tim over there is interviewing members of the Fig Life community, which I think is really, really cool. And uh, the Nerdy Laser podcast, um, who's kind of going under undergoing a rebrand, which uh, which is really cool. So lots of good stuff to check out. Um, thank you guys for checking out the TV Toy Cast next week. We'll be LJN Wrestling Superstars. It's going to be awesome. And I am excited. And uh, thank you guys once again for joining us down this trip through the toy aisle. Take it easy, guys.